This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. front row on The Bigger Picture, I'm Juliet Jacobs. A contemporary retelling of the Christmas story, Follow the Light is Nick Chu's cultural, musical and historical interpretation of this timeless tale, though accuracy is said to be debatable, told primarily through song and filled with lots of warmth and love. Today on the show, I catch up with Nick, who is the composer and musical director of the play, and also Kirtana Kohendran, who is a performer in the musical, about this play which was first staged 12 years ago. Welcome both of you. How are you today? Hi, Juliet. I'm good, thank you. Lovely to have you both on the show. So, Nick, you know, of course, I've, I said this the last time we caught up, which was back in 2018. I mm. think, uh, you know, full disclosure, we've known each other for years. You yes. know, we went to university together. Um, it's great to have you back thank here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolute pleasure. So we're going to talk about the play in a little bit. But uh, Nick, you know, just curious, what have you been up to since we last caught up? Um, oh, dear. Where do I start? <laughs> um, I was doing my PhD back in Murdoch University in Perth. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't pan out. But I've learned a great lesson that sometimes what you think you want is not what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. To recognize that late in the game is okay, yeah. as long as you recognize it eventually. Um, the other good thing that came out of not completing it was this thing called a pandemic happened. You know, right um, And if I had continued with it, I would have probably been stuck maybe in Perth. And then my parents are here, my family is here. Mm-hmm. A lot of complications perhaps could have ensued, yeah. which were sort of dodged by me coming back. Okay. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, and then, of course, just trying to find my way during the pandemic, as everyone was, as I'm sure, did, yeah. and slowly finding our way back to the art scene now that things are, you know, uh, slightly back to normal. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. You know, significantly back to normal, I, I guess. Say, yeah, I would say, I would so. say yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we've got this wonderful uh, musical which is coming up, um, mm-hmm. something that was stage 12 years, 12 years ago. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Kirtana, if I can get to know you a little bit better, talk to me a little bit about how you got involved in the performing arts and, you know, what it is that uh, you love about it. All right. Well, um, I actually started performing in... High school, you know, I used to do all the school productions, anything. I would do anything. I would paint the props or, you know, (laughs) if they wanted me to be backstage carrying stuff, I would do everything and anything just to be involved. And um, after that, I I was just looking for any outlet to learn, going for workshops and classes, like acting classes, singing classes, Mm -hmm. dancing classes, anything I could find. Um... And then after my degree, I actually did an internship with Theatre 360, um, where I learned about stage managing, sound design, just the whole backstage elements that go into a production. And I worked really closely with our director, Christopher Ling, and uh, he has so graciously given me the chance to shine in this Christmas musical. So you're making your debut in this musical, am I correct? No, I'm not. Okay, (laughs) okay. My my, my apologies about that. No problem, yeah. I think it was 2019 that I did uh, The Working Dead with Cult Productions. Okay. And then I did Fortune Cookie also with Cult Productions earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So this is my third musical. Yeah. Yeah. And all, all of them are musicals? You've yes, been... all of them are musicals. Okay, I right. have a love and passion for musical theatre. Okay. I mean, what are some of you... I've spoken to Nick about this, but what are some of the musicals that you enjoy? 
Oh, musicals that I enjoy. Um, oh, that's like so hard. Too much, right? Too much. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on for a couple of hours about that. But yeah, I think I'm a quite basic. I enjoy Phantom of the Opera yes, and here. you know mm. Hamilton, all those kind of stuff. But I think I prefer performing in musicals rather than watching them. Oh, oh interesting. Oh, oh, oh. How does right. Nick take to that? Um, I'm I'm flattered because you know it means that we have care. Kier, may I call you Kier yeah, on air? Of course, of course, <laughs> we have Kier's talent, you know. For mm-hmm. me as a composer, it's like, yeah, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that people want to perform, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching musicals. And, you know, in my case, I've not actually, you know, some people might find this strange. I'm a composer for musical theatre, but I've not actually seen a lot of live musical theatre because mm-hmm. I'm not much of a traveller, you know, right, the thought right. of going to London. I mean, I love the idea but anxiety kicks in, a lot of issues there. But, you know, um, I've not seen a lot of live musical theatre like uh, in terms of Broadway-level calibre and all that. And I listen to a lot of cast recordings and things like that. Mm -hmm. So where was I going with this? I had a point to this statement, but uh, basically, you know, I think that watching or listening musical theatre versus performing, there's value in... In all of it, all of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the same for me. I mean, don't didn't really have the chance to go and see all right. these different musicals, mm. right? but great appreciation and love for that's it. Right, and that's right. half of the things I've not seen on stage, but I know the the, the, the soundtrack, music. like... Yeah, and these days it's even easier, right? With Spotify, Spotify and everything. Exactly, yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah. so we're all big musical theatre perform- <laughs> <laughs> uh, fans <laughs> over here. Um, and of course, this uh, is called is, is a contemporary retelling of The Christmas Story, as I mentioned. I noticed the two of you giggling when I said accuracy debatable. That was something you guys said, not <laughs> me. Um 12 years ago take me back to when you first wrote Follow the Lightning okay well um, the earliest songs were written when I was a teenager a very long time ago we will not even go how far back <laughs> that would have been um, but okay like, it, was the, it was the mid 90s when I was a teenager and I wrote the earliest songs for Follow the Light uh, for a church you know Sunday school church nativity that kind of thing mm. uh, and from there those songs were very well received when we performed them at, you know, for Christmas back in those days. And I was very much inspired by Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat uh, to write an actual full-scale musical mm-hmm. based on this you know, Bible story, as it were. Um, the only thing that, uh, that I was very conscious of was that Joseph is catered to a very generic audience, very general audience, not specifically to a particular, you know, Mm. uh, faith-based audience. And I wanted to do that with Follow the Light as well. So I started thinking, how can I write this story, you know, in a way that caters to everyone, you know? And so I set about doing that. And when I did my master's at Murdoch University in 2004, I believe it was, I decided to use Follow the Light as my major project for that year. So actually, we are celebrating the 12th anniversary of the Malaysian staging, Mm -hmm, which was mm -hmm. 2010. Yes. But the show actually had its quote-unquote world premiere in 2004, 2005, sorry, 2005 at Murdoch University in Perth. So its origins actually dates back to Perth. Yeah. You know, so uh, 2005 was the first staging, very university level, you know, and all its flaws and all its, you know, there were all all the shiny, 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 what do you call it? The shiny potential, like they say, the shiny potential. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But uh, 2010 was when we staged the first Malaysian uh, staging of it and I did that with Colin Curtin mm-hmm. you know uh, he was instrumental in helping me develop the show back then uh, and we you know I've been waiting for 
12 years now <laughs> for this show to happen. Uh, we did a concert version in 2015 yes. directed by Cheryl Tan. Uh, there was a slightly smaller show, uh, smaller show that like certain songs were cut and everything to make it easier. Uh, so this is the first full-scale, full-length restaging of the show since 2010. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I mean, taking on the nativity story, it's not an easy task, isn't no. it? I mean, you can offend so many people with one fell swoop. Oh. Uh, and, and of course, you know, I mean, what I was reading based on previous sort of um, uh, reviews, you know, it was like rare, you know, people described it as rare, clever works, you know, by a, by a young local like you, you know, so much wit, so much resonance in this, um, in this 21st century audience. Mm. I mean, how did you, yeah, talk to me about that process of actually writing it and putting it, yeah. From well, make to think, paper. Mm. Mm, I think it's a bit it's a bit hard for me to remember it because, like I said, the, the development happened you know early two thousands. That's twenty years ago, mm-hmm. you know. But I do remember um, wanting it to be funny, you know. I remember you know, and to that end, there's so many there's so so many jokes and puns in the show, you know. To me, I mean, I, we're not going to spoil it for anyone, but there's a lot of laughter, and I think that's important. I think I didn't want it to be a show where, you know, um, the Christmas story. I didn't want it to be a strictly uh, traditional viewing of the Christmas story, like you would expect from, say, a, you know, a, a, a church production. Sure. You know, sure. Uh, I wanted it to be something that anyone can appreciate, and so to that end, it was all about finding the humor, the warmth, the humanity. I think that's important. Flashing out these characters that we don't really know that much about. We know, for those who are familiar with the Christmas story, you would know there were shepherds, there were wise men, but who were they? We have very little information. So what do you do? You sort of kind of make things up, <laughs> you know, uh, to, to a certain As degree. One does, yes. yes. And yeah. so, there is, you know, there is, like you said, accuracy debatable because mm-hmm. there are certain assumptions you must make. There are certain things creative that you... Creative license. Creative yeah. license. You know, you create backstories. You create relationships between these characters. And you sort of make them as human and as relatable and as lovable. I think that's important. Lovable as possible. And I hope that audiences will see themselves or their friends or their family reflected in these characters, but also fall in love with them and empathize with them, even though they are in this extraordinary situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and Kira, if I can ask you, you know, I mean, obviously, you know that I'm sure you know the nativity uh, story itself, right? But when you read Nick's version of it, right, or, or when you read the the script for "Follow the for the Light," follow the light. How did you feel about it? I mean, what was it that in, you know intrigued you about it? Right. So when I actually first heard about it, I thought, you know, okay, this is really cool, a story, a nativity story. And then after reading through the script, I realized that I relate to these characters, and I think that was the almost scary part because these characters in the story which is so famous and a lot of times when you look at famous stories it's you're looking up at these people you're Mm. looking far we can't really see ourselves in them Mm -hmm. but when I read the script I could see myself in a lot of these characters because they're human Mm -hmm. I think that's what's important and and that's what I love so much about this show is that we're not just telling a Christmas story we're telling a human story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to add on to that, because Kira is playing, well, uh, can we spoil it? We are, well, she's playing Mary in okay. the show, which is a very you know central character. But you're also playing uh, narrators, storytellers. All the actors are playing different roles. I don't want to spoil and give away too much, okay. but there's a lot of overlapping and multiple roles involved, which is exciting. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Because the show has been scaled down from the uh, 2010 version, we had 13 or 14 actors in the 2010 version. And now it's seven people. 
So we've effectively scaled it down by half. That's crazy. Without trimming the material, okay. without taking away any characters out of the story. So that's uh, an interesting um, challenge in itself. I like the way yeah. you say interesting. It interesting, sounds, yeah. <laughs> it sounds really, really scary, actually. <laughs> but uh, you've got Christopher Ling at the helm, mm-hmm. of course, right? I mean, talk to me a little bit about who else are involved in this production besides the both of you. Okay, so um, we have, of course, our writer Nick oh, well, yes. She said apart from without, the two of us. <laughs> oh, I have to give you some credit. <laughs> uh, we have our director, Christopher Ling. We have our choreographer, Kenny. Mm. Kenny Shim. Yes, Kenny Shim. Mm-hmm. We have our seven wonderful actors. Mm-hmm. We've got Brian Chong. We've got Who else? myself. Mm-hmm. We've got Gabriel Thumb. We've got Marco George, Marco George Natalie, Natalie Makulin, Rachel Liu, and Nave Vijay. Yes, okay. All right, and and fairly, uh, fairly a mix of um, a new and established performers. Would you say? Yeah, I think quite so. a mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, uh, and also a diverse cast. Yes, I, think I think that's, that's one that's of the cool. most important things mm. because when you think of a traditional nativity story, you don't necessarily imagine the different groups that could be involved in retelling a story Mm. like that. So to have a diverse cast of different Mm. backgrounds, different upbringings, different Mm. thoughts, Mm. and they come in as artists to perform Mm. a very important story. Mm. It's so unique. Not just the the cast though, like even the people behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And we hope that that gets reflected in a way that, um, you know, that people who come and watch the show can sort of, uh, you know, we hope that the audience will be of that same nature as well, that it's for everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal. <laughs> so, so I mean, of course, you've, you've, as we said, you, you know, mm. took some creative licenses mm. with the story, right? So, mm. I mean, okay, and I know you don't want to give away too much, mm-hmm. but <laughs> how much of a stray from, you know, the original story have we gone? Uh, I guess, you know, just to sort of temper people's expectations, right? right. right? Okay. Yeah, just I to know what think, to expect. Um, there's a lot of exploring of relationships, which is something you might not have found in the original, um, the original nativity story obviously you have mary and joe they now it's not joseph i think he's called joseph in the script and maybe at one point in the show but throughout the rest of the show he's called joe okay and they deal with the angel gabe you know uh, it's okay. not gabriel it's gabe so it's very contemporary it's very fun and tongue-in-cheek that way uh, so mary and joe obviously are the most uh maybe well-known relationship exploration because it's a couple right they're having a baby and they deal with the the complications of being unexpected parents. But beyond that, I've decided to make the shepherds brothers, uh, two, two sisters and a brother. So okay. they're siblings. So we explore sibling dynamics, sibling mm-hmm. rivalry, sibling, you know, uh, uh, interactions, the interactions yeah. through them. Uh, and the wise men in this story are best friends. And, you know, it comes with the camaraderie, but it also comes with that rivalry. I want to be number one. I, you know, I, they're all competing to be the top dog of their group and so there's a lot of comedy and a lot of humor that comes out of that but you know so that these facets of relationships human relationships that are explored through these characters and it's explored through the music as well because the music is very uh what's the word i'm looking for diverse very almost eclectic it's like a mix of different things you know the shepherds have very heavy rock very rocky kind of styles to their you know the shepherds are man, have lead mundane lives, and so they are disgruntled, and they are they are emo, and they are you need know that they've got, they need an outlet to vent them. You know, and so their 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 songs are very 
rocky, a lot of electric guitars and, you know, heavy drums and everything, which is really fun. Uh, the wise men, because they are cool, they think they are cool. Um, th- their secret nick- nickname is the street wise men, you know, <laughs> or not so wise men. <laughs> you know? uh, and so they've got very hip hop, very funk, very cool and chill kind of music. Mary, Joe and Gabe have more of the musical theatre type of music, you know, with the ballads, the big ballads and the jazz and things like that. So it's a nice little, I think everyone, you know, who comes to watch the show will find something they appreciate out of the uh, content that's presented. How lovely to have written all of that, isn't it? <laughs> and flex you. your own musical prowess, yes. right? You know, you can explore so many different things. And that's how fine. wonderful for you guys as well as performers, isn't mm. it? To to dabble in all these different styles of musical, uh, of, of, of genres of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things that's really fun mm-hmm. is that each, uh, just like Nick said, each character or each group have their own kind of genre, their own feel. So when you hear it, you know, after a while, you automatically know, ah, this group is coming up on stage. And it adds so much character to them because the music helps to guide us in like the style of how we approach and mm. mm-hmm. it's just it's just such a fun show okay. mm. and it has I mean it's, it's all about a journey isn't it because everyone's sort of journeying towards a, a destination yeah. right so does it have those sorts of themes you know those road trip kind of movie themes sort of uh, in it as well I I'm just wondering I think there's at least one song that has that theme very explicitly that's a strange word to use, but yeah, it's, yeah it is the right word. It's, it has that explicit theme uh, of being on a journey, heading towards your destination. We actually reference it in the lyrics, but we don't found it. You know, we don't. Okay. It's not. Okay. It's not something that's repeated uh, ad nauseum throughout okay. the whole show. But I think. Oh, You'll recognize it loud. You will recognize you it when it, you yeah? hear it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fun because there's also there's two journeys happening in this show. Is there? I didn't yeah. know this. Oh, ah. this is like there's oh. the uh, there's the physical journey of going to a place, but there's mm. also the character journey mm. that happens from the start to the finish. Mm. Okay. And the, I think, emotional journey, yeah, the, the emotional journey. Yeah, the emotional journey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as we have said that we want people to laugh and enjoy and have a good time, I think there's there's some depth as well, and I think that's important in any show to have depth to have something that you can you know fluff is fine fluff and depth (laughs) makes it even more rewarding I think and I think there will be moments in the show where you might actually shed some tears and if you do then that's our mission I guess that's part of our goal (laughs) you know to make you laugh your head off one minute and to cry the next I think that's Something to look forward to, <laughs> and and for you, Kiri, you know, I mean, playing playing Mary, I mean, that's that's not, I mean, yeah, lead one of the lead roles, of course. You know, how did you prepare for this role? You know, talk to me a little bit about you know getting into character. Right. Okay. Um. So when I first found out that I was going to play Mary, my first thought was me, Mary. <laughs> uh. Okay. But um, I have such an immense amount of respect and trust in. Chris Ling and the choices that he makes. So I knew that when he made that choice, he had a reason. And as I journey through from how many months ago, we started three months, two ago, months ago, two months ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I'm starting to understand why, because mm-hmm. just like I said, initially, yes, I was overwhelmed because Mary, such a strong figure, such a, in history, mm-hmm. in religion, culture, in religion, culture yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, but through this story, I've changed my perspective on mm. who Mary is. Not only is she this figure, mm. but she is a human mm. with human emotions, human feelings, human thoughts. and Strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, strengths yeah. and weaknesses. Mm. And those are the things that 
help me prepare mm. for the role to mm. humanize and stop looking up but rather look at the same level and see mm. how can i relate to mm. this character through mm. these stories through the journey yeah. and yeah that that was quite a eye opening moment for me okay mm. plus right. learning to hold a baby <laughs> <laughs> there an actual baby, a yeah. baby. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's, it sounds amazing. And uh, of course, you know, just in time for the season, right? I mean, right. We're, we're hitting up. Um, the show has already started. I mean, it started, it kicked off on Thursday night, mm. but it is going to go on right up till uh, Sunday, Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so we have six shows in total, including Thursday. Uh, and then we were on again uh, tonight, which is uh, 8.30 p.m. tonight. Uh, we are on Saturday and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. as well, as well as 3 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Okay. And this is held at Nero Event, Event Space, Space yeah. at PJ, PJ Pack, Pack, Wanutama. Yeah. You know. Has there been anything that's been difficult for you to for you guys to crack, you know, during rehearsals? You know, has anything been has there, has there been any challenge? I would uh, yeah, I'm just curious mm. to know. The music. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's Looking wonderful. At, mm-hmm. Um and it's it's challenging because Nick Chu composes beautiful melodies yes. with intricate harmonies and intricate chords and mm. beautiful embellishments. <laughs> and learning it is a bit of a, you know, high hill to climb. But once you get there, it sounds heavenly. Okay. No mm. pun intended. Oh, pun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. again, you know, this is it's already happening uh, right now as we speak. So there is a show tonight and it does go on right up till Sunday. Tickets are available at pjpack.com.my um, and you can go to, sorry, you can head to onetix.com dot my for mm-hmm. tickets. Uh, tickets are priced from uh, at eighty eight ringgit. Am I mm-hmm. correct? That's yeah. Correct. And of course, it's happening at Nero Art Space PJ Pack, which is over in One Utama Shopping Centre. Before I let the both of you go, any last sell? You know, any final sell? Why everyone should come watch? This show is about relationships, friendships, babies, and sheep. Mm, sheep. <laughs> and most importantly, discovering one's purpose. Mm, but and, the sheep. <laughs> But if you can relate to any of those things I've just mentioned, mm. then you should head over to onetix.com.my and get yourself some tickets. Mm. Thanks, Sun. I'll be Thank getting you. my tickets right now. My thanks to both my guests. I've been speaking to Nick Chu, composer and musical director of Follow the Light, and Kirtana Kuhendran, who is a performer, She uh, and many other things, I think, right? In uh, Follow the Light, everybody's got dual roles. Again, that show is happening now. Get your tickets right now. Head to onetix.com.my. And if you miss any part of our conversation today, just download the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.